Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Kimbrough with a one, two. He struck him out, and how fitting is that? His 300th career save. He pins it down. All right, look. I know it's Super Bowl weekend. Yes, sir. Got the big game on Sunday. Yeah, what, what are we eating? Well, our, <laughs> tacos. You're the the couch master expert. That's all you I care us. about. That's all I care about on Super Bowl Sunday is what are we eating? What's being prepped? Uh, we we <laughs> that's have, the question. We haven't put together the menu yet, but I uh, I'm looking at some sort of layered taco dip with tortilla chips rather than your traditional tacos <laughs> that you're gonna make. Yes, everything really? is everything is made from scratch. Whoa, yeah, 100 percent made from Hold scratch. On a sec- I, I, I haven't checked play. my Wait, mail all I week. I gotta but, check my yeah. phone. <laughs> Boy, I haven't. It, it must be in a text that yeah, I didn't I, get yet. I haven't checked Rami. my mailbox the last couple of days. <laughs> Let's see, Rami. Ra- no, 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 nothing yet. Did you guys not get that? Man, it's, it's stuck in the cloud somewhere. There will be. <laughs> I, I think there will be some kind of meatball. There will be some kind of meatball, and uh, I'm a sucker for sweets. So there will be some kind of dessert. So yeah. it's you and the gal, and who else? Uh, my mom is sticking around. My mom was going to go home. Oh, she's home. not going home now? No, she was going to go home today, but decided to stick around for the Super Bowl. And oh. she's going to head home on Monday. Can you keep yeah. talking about food for a second? Yeah, just, sure. Just so, like keep rattling food off. I'm also, I'll probably uh, have something braised, have like some sort of meat in the yeah. slow cooker. What are you, you know going what? What to, how slowly are you going to braise it? Really, really slow. I'm going to take my time. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, keep talking to us, Rami. Nice and slow, guys. Phil's gaining weight as you speak. <laughs> he just graduated to a 38-inch waist. <laughs> a be button a... just popped off and pinged off the wall it's over gonna here. It's going to be juicy, yeah, you guys. Thanks, Marlon Brando. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you'd think that like on this Friday, before the Super Bowl, you'd think that football, football, football. We are going to have Todd Furman on the show, our longtime right, you got to uh, love this, expert. Phil, if I can stop you for one second. Look at who's calling me right now. Royce, calling you As right we now. started the show. Is he, but he's he's probably, on he, the show. He's probably going to do it. He's probably going to do it to leave a voicemail, right? Does he? Does he knows he knows he doesn't leave him. He never leaves him. It's he, crazy. He call either me. he either texts me or he calls. Take, take the call. Okay, hold on a second. <laughs> oh, I just missed it. Oh. I just missed it. Anyway. I just love if he the calls fact. Calls back. Take that. I call. just love the fact the guy who's part of the show and right. knows when the show starts yeah. is calling you. During is calling the show. me, and he's not going to leave. I know he's not going to leave a voice. Just as the show is starting, is that his way of saying "call me during the break"? Uh, he usually yes. Okay, it might be. All right, he does time it up sometimes. Actually, you know, he probably is because he's. Oh, here's what's happening. He tweeted earlier today about how he used to like AM radio signals were hard to get driving around the fringes of the twins, and then and and that was a setup to his punchline, which is. I'm listening on my phone while driving around Florida to yeah. score north, and it's crystal clear as a bell. But what he doesn't know is there's like a minute or two delay. Oh, so he probably thinks we're still mm. in a commercial break. And I, <laughs> I I'm see. gonna call Judd. I see. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> I just thought it was hilarious. So we figured uh, we'll get to some football stuff here. But Judd saw a report earlier today. Yes, and I don't know if the Twins have been listening to Touch 'Em All. If Derek Falvey and of Thad Levine, they have. yeah, I mean, why wouldn't they be? Where else would they get right. this from? So where did you get this from, Judd? All right, so I got this from a Twitter account of what looks like a Braves reporter in Atlanta, and it's completely reckless. Reckless speculation. All right, so there there was a Heyman tweet yesterday from John that, that said, folks around the game suspect the Braves are lying in the weeds for a superstar closer. Craig Kimbrell. Other possibilities 
include the Phillies, the Nationals, the Red Sox, the Twins, and of course a mystery team. So some oh, there's always a mystery oh, team. Yeah. Yeah. I love mystery teams. So some guy tweets today from Atlanta that the leader in the clubhouse right now among offers for Craig Kimbrell is none other than your Minnesota Twins at three years and $45 million. Reckless speculation! Uh, you mean that you skipped over a word in that tweet, right? You mean the cheap Minnesota Twins, the cheap right? poll ads? Yes, I'm sorry. Oh, you, you're right. The cheap poll ads, which the, the Twins are actually working to change their name to, the Minnesota cheap poll ads. Yeah, three years, forty five mil, according to the tweet, which is completely reckless. I don't want to be the bad guy here, but I mean, if if his price has dropped. To three years, forty-five million dollars compared to what we were looking at, which was—I mean, when the season, when the off-season first started, we were talking about five years for Craig Kimbrell, right? Upwards of maybe even twenty million dollars a year. You want to give him three years, twenty million dollars a year? I still will, by the way. Right, like, that's so, where the bidding starts. So, for me. It sounds so, like me and Derek Falvey are of the same mind here. Phil's not cheap, see. But if no. the price has dropped to three years, forty-five million, that's a lot of money to us. But you could argue that that's a cheap price that is, that he's on clearance. So to speak, and that the yeah. poll ads are are clearance bin shopping, yeah. if you will. So I think there's two two parts to this. Like the part one, which will go down this path, is, which is fine. Okay. I clearance bin shop all the time. <laughs> yeah, all the time. That's are where you, I got this shirt. Are you three dollar DVD bin guy? Do you, yes. ever, do you ever find yourself just sifting through? Yeah, for sure. I do like that shirt. I got Air Bud that way. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Airbud, huh? It was wow. a combo pack. It came with Airbud too. Sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure the gal was thrilled when you brought that collection home. Boy. Hey, is that Airbud and Airbud too? Man, I've never been so fortunate as to have Rami in my life. Actually, the '90s had some great animal movies. Homeward Bound, one of the great I movies love of Homeward all time. Bound. Yeah, absolutely. Chance, Shadow, Sassy. I don't remember Chance. I was going to say, not familiar. That's the animal's Oh, those names. were the, okay, I thought that was the name of a movie. Yeah. I don't remember the characters' names from Homeward Bound. I apologize. I do remember Michael J. Fox was the, vo- the voice of one of them. Chance. Okay. You know way too much. Yeah. Do you want to go back to the twins thing right <laughs> so, now? Because I'm getting super uncomfortable that, that you actually know all of this. There's two paths to talk about here. Number one is, okay, what are our thoughts on Craig Kimbrell? He's thir- going to be he's 30, 31 years old. You know where I stand on that. But yeah. I think the, the other path here is of this narrative twins payroll, and I don't know why that became such a hot topic in January when clearly there's still a lot of guys out there. If this report is true, the twins are very much looking to spend money on players. So in a vacuum, if we didn't have let's say this let's say this discussion was taking place in November before people got on the well, spring training's coming up and the twins haven't spent money, right? Would would people consider the twins to be cheap if they had already signed Jonathan Scope, Nelson Cruz, uh they picked up CJ Crone, and then in November or December, when it was still like the acceptable time to be out, you know, shopping for free agents, if mm-hmm. they were also about to drop $15 million a year on Craig Kimball, what would the narrative be? I think the narrative would be, be, well, exci- they're looking for, re- that's a really good it'd way be, to fill Joe Maurer's void. It'd be excitement, right? Yes. It would be, oh, wow, the Twins are all in on, on the bullpen and closers, and I I honestly think that the narrative that we saw in the past two weeks was a direct result of Twins Fest, spring training about to start, and people were basically saying, I'm bored, what's the storyline? What's the potential, right? Right. And they found this. But yeah, but and, and if Kimbrell signs now, I mean, let's just say he's like, okay, I got nothing. I'll take it. I think the the feeling about this team, maybe unfairly to a certain degree, changes greatly. Look, can I add to that, too, that if he thinks that, if Craig Kimball really thinks, well, I guess I'll take it, $15 million a year over a three-year deal. And For I know a that reliever. he's yes. in his 30s. He's a, and he's a great reliever. But, my God, like, $15 million a year over three years is not just a bargain bin hunting signing or something to agree. It's, it's not like, oh, my God, I can't feed my family, Latrell Sprewell style. That's a huge contract for a guy in his 30s who so pitches th- one inning every time he comes out. But you think that satisfies the the uh, the payroll isn't high enough portion of of the Twins fan base. I think it should help. The poll ads are cheap camp cuz now you go from a 100 million dollar payroll to around 115 million dollar payroll. You might not be done if if you also want to bring in a Ryan Madsen. That name was floated out the other day after right. looking to add a couple relievers maybe and he's going to cost you 5 million dollars or 3 million dollars. Um, I, I just, sometimes we get so fixated on, well, you have to spend a certain amount and 
I want to know how they're spending the money. It's, it's not as much about how much they spend. It's how are they spending it. And three years, $45 million on Craig Kimbrell is a great way to spend your money if this happens. Yeah. I'm, I was on board, like you said, with three, three years, 60 million, three years, 45 million. I'm, I'm all about that. I'll do that to, today. Sign him today. Well, if and he'll that's take probably the, the key is will he take that? Right. And at some point in time, he's go, going to have, have to decide, am I going to take this into spring training and not go and not go to camp with, with the team because I'm, I'm trying to get more? I'm trying to get more years. But yeah, the the only question I have is, if this report is indeed completely true, what is the Twins' intention here? Like, is this a closer? Is this a seventh inning fireman type of guy? Yeah, because I do think with this team in that bullpen, there could be very there could be potentially interesting paths to go down. So here's I, here's what you could do if you're the Twins, because if it, well, option A would be Craig Kimbrell is fine as the ace reliever, and he's going to come in. And sometimes it's an inning and two-thirds. Sometimes it's the seventh inning. Sometimes it's the ninth inning, and you're up by two runs, and it's a standard closer role. I think to maximize his value, you'd want the firefighter reliever role to be in play. But if he decides, ah, I've been doing this thing for 10, 12 years. I've racked up a lot of saves at the end of the saves era here, and I'd really like to stay in that closer role. I could live with that if he was willing to come in once in a while, to get an out or two in the eighth inning, and then Trevor May or one of these younger dudes, Fernando Romero, becomes your 75-inning guy who firefights in the seventh inning. Yeah, if you have a one-run lead and there's a man on first and and nobody out in the eighth inning and and you need to retire the side and not let that guy advance, you bring in your best arm out of the bullpen. And chances are, should they sign him, that Craig Kimbrell would be that best arm in the bullpen. I don't think, and like you said, unless he's insistent upon it, and honestly, I don't know if I want him if he's insistent upon it, but I don't think that you have to put roles or, or labels on guys as far as will they be a closer, will they be a setup man, will they be middle relief. I think that that is, Agreed completely, that is now, yeah. completely changed in Major League Baseball, and I think guys like Thad Levine and 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 uh, I'm drawing a blank now, Derek Falvey. I think that they are they are in step with that that change that we've seen in Major League Baseball over the years. And Rocco Baldelli comes from Tampa Bay, where we know that they're trying to change the way that that pitchers are seen and used. So if he's willing to come here with sort of an open ended role, and you're just going to be our ace out of the bullpen with that with that chicken wing this? hanging off, then you are our opener too. Hey, Kimbrel, you're opening tonight. Go get him, baby. In fact, you're only going to open. <laughs> we are <laughs> redefining your career. We want you 65 times for 65 first innings. Dangle that arm all you want, Go come out in the first. Arm just flopping around. What did, if, if you were, I mean, I'd love to know. I'd love to be a fly on the wall. If at the end of Mariana Rivera's career and he's a free agent, you say, listen, it's going to be a little outside the box, but we want you to open like thirty games for us this season. Yeah, you know, I, I some of these guys who've been grandfathered in. Now, if you're if you're a Trevor May, Trevor May is headed now. Uh, he's going to be a reliever the rest of his career, most likely because of the arm troubles and stuff. So, guys like him, this opener stuff. The all right, it's it's all very much a part of their timeline in the major leagues. But a guy like Craig Kimbrell has been grandfathered in over sure. the saves period, right? But I'm sure those discussions take place. I mean, the Twins are a very forward-thinking front office, so they, it's not. I guarantee they're not going to pay him 15 million dollars a year just to pitch in the ninth inning. Let's put it that way. No, I, th- I think that that those days might be done in terms of paying guys like that with that defined and that minimal a role of okay, you come in in this situation right. in this inning and in those times only, unless you just haven't come out of the bullpen for a few days yeah. and you need your work. I think that those days, I think those days are done, and the way bullpens are used has has changed forever in Major League Baseball. We should clarify if you're just tuning in to the Mackie and Judd with Rami show. This is purely reckless speculation. Yeah. This has not risen to the level of an actual signing of Craig Kimbrell, but there is a random report. It's a from tweet Atlanta. from a dude in Atlanta who I think he covers the Braves, or at least he does. How so, many followers does he have? Is I, he didn't even, I didn't look. It just the tweet looked good. And Heyman dropped the twin. And Heyman dropped the twins' name. Okay, so Heyman's credible. Heyman John's credible. Yes, and he broached that. And and Dan Hayes of the Athletic, our friend, actually had a pretty lengthy piece. What was that? Now two or three days ago. Yeah. About the possibility. And the more I put the pieces together, I think at Twins Vest, there's a very good chance that somebody told Dan, "You're not going to be off base if you at least speculate on this," because it's not really a sourced piece. 
but it's really informed. So in putting the pieces together, I would say if the Twins are chasing a big name, it's Kimbrel, definitely. Reckless speculation. And once again, I'm sure it's going to happen. Once again, I am positive it's going to happen. Dude, I don't. I okay. Like okay, shock level. If this, if the Twins landed Craig Kimbrell, my shock level would be zero. They went into the offseason with like seventy million dollars to spend, and if if Kimbrell's off the five year fixation and it's back to a reasonable three years, that's in the Twins' wheelhouse. And yeah. the tw- the Twins can afford on shorter. This is the beauty of having really no contracts locked in long term, other than your arbitration guys. You can afford on these shorter term two and three year deals to overpay on a per year basis because all right, well let's say he's let's say his arm falls off, and now you're eating three years and forty five million. It doesn't really cripple you. No, it's not like the seven year eight year Joe Mauer contract. I would only that hard. To I would only be shocked if it was five or more years. Three if if Kimbrel just says I'll take it at three. I, I it's it's a great deal. It's a really good deal. I think, th- and you talked about this a little bit the other day. Maybe three years with a fourth year option, whether it's a it's a team option or a mutual option. That I think that that might be something that sort of puts it over the top for a guy at the stage in his career that Craig Kimbrell is, who really was he was expecting much more when he entered the free agent market this offseason. If you get Kimbrell here, do the Twins go out and buy more of the not the Harper and Machado guys, but some of these other guys who are sitting there? Who could take these short-term deals? I would. I would be really curious what they think of Dallas Keuchel because I don't think there's. I don't. I don't think it makes sense to go after like Adam Jones is out there, but I, yeah. I, they're pretty set with position players at yeah. this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if they're in at Craig Kimbrell and his and his price tag is coming down, well, what if Dallas Keuchel says, "All right, well, I'll, I'll take a one-year deal with somebody, or and I'll take a three-year deal with Dallas somebody. Keuchel." Rumors were heating up earlier this week, and it looked like something was close. I think it was down to three or four teams, and reports were saying that it, he was close to making his decision. And then all of a sudden, that cooled off, and haven't seen anything on those reports in about three days. I would be very surprised if these guys. I think if they could get Kimbrel now for three years, they do it quickly. I'd be very surprised, though, given the results of Lynn last year. If once spring training starts, they sign any big name. I think they yeah. they learned the lesson, which is it seems great that day, right? One year contract for Keuchel, but ultimately th- these guys come in at that point disgruntled, and they they're just not happy. And so I think that Kimbrel they would do very quickly right now if they could. But I think once they start spring training, I'm going to be really surprised. Yeah. Uh, do you guys have iPhones in here? Jonathan? I do. Every iPhone? Yes. Yeah. Judd's got an iPhone? Yeah. Good news, as of an hour ago, the brand new Score North app is I available on your iPhone. So if you have an iPhone, if you have an Android, it's been available for a couple weeks now. But it's a, it's an awesome new app. You can find three tabs at the bottom. Latest stories from our guys like Matthew Collar, Judd Zilgad, Danny Cunningham. Go get it right now. You've got latest audio. Mm-hmm. So you can find all 13 of our Score North audio feeds. And that includes... All of our team-centric feeds. So if you're looking for Touch Em All, subscribe to Score North Twins. If you're looking for Purple Podcast or Purple Daily, subscribe to Score North Vikings. Uh, Raised by Wolves, Myron on Hoops, those are on the Score North Wolves portion. We got the Scoop with Doogie, Score North Live with Matthew Collar, which is also now available on Apple Podcasts. And then there's a Listen Live button where you can just click it and uh, loads for a second. Very and there's right Judd on delay. Could, Look at I that. That's you, like a minute and a half ago. Wow, and that was that's crazy. Worth playing again. Yeah. Analysis. <laughs> Score North analysis. <laughs> Minnesota sports, anytime, anywhere. Judd Zolgad, anytime, anywhere. <laughs> My wife can hardly wait. Because what you listen to doesn't come from just one source. We offer Minnesota sports. Minnesota sports. Lots of it. Whenever you want it. Wherever you are, even when you're mobile, on the move, remain grounded with access to the content that you're passionate about. Get it all here. Score North. Minnesota sports. Anytime. Anywhere. Scorenorth.com. Little peek behind the curtain here on Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all new Score North on 1500 scorenorth.com. Follow us on all your various social media and digital platforms at SKOR North. And like Phil just said, download that Score North app now available 
for Apple and Android. So as the show came to an end yesterday, after the show, we, we have a little powwow about, you know, how did the show go? What worked? What didn't work as well? What do you guys think we might want to do tomorrow? And we left yesterday and we said tomorrow, all Super Bowl show. Just two hours of Super Bowl talk, right? Yeah. Uh. Because it's the Friday before the Super Bowl. So I get up this morning to do a little show prep. Yes, we, we, we prep for this. Despite how it may sound, we do indeed prep for this. <laughs> or at least you did. Right. And and part of my checklist of websites that I go to as I'm getting ready is, and I was going to these first for, for national news, being the Super Bowl, The Athletic, and ESPN.com. Two websites I go to every morning as, as I'm getting ready for this show. Sure. And I go to ESPN.com. I scroll through the whole front page, not just the initial front page that's there. When you log on to ESPN.com, I scrolled all the way down to the bottom, and I think they had one Super Bowl story. None on the initial splash page that pops up when you first log on. I go to TheAthletic.com, and no Super Bowl stories on their front page whatsoever. What you have are either articles about free agency in baseball and, and the lack of movement movement there, or maybe the few rumors that, that are out there about players who may be headed somewhere, like Craig Kimball, who we talked about the last segment, or NBA Insanity, <laughs> which started this week with Anthony Davis requesting a trade from the Pelicans. Yeah. Yesterday, Kristaps Porzingis requesting a trade from the Knicks and getting it within hours, depending on what you believe as far as when he made that request. And then today, Kyrie Irving... Regarding contract negotiations with the Boston Celtics saying, I don't know, nobody bleep. Essentially saying, yeah, "Yeah, I'm going to be looking elsewhere. And if they want to trade me now, they can, they can go ahead and trade me now. Has the NFL lost its, its marketing magic touch because the Super Bowl has hardly been front of mind and front of websites and front of newspapers the entire week. Leading up to the Super Bowl, it's 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 beyond me how this has even happened to the machine that is the NFL and its marketing. It's been a lot of fun to watch. Uh, I don't think that they have necessarily lost their touch. I think what Goodell and company they'll have to recognize is the week that the NBA has had. To me, that's the story here. It's not. It's not so much that that. The football folks have done something wrong here. It's the fact that the NBA, starting on Monday and then Thursday and today, has had not just three nice players, either demand trades, be traded, come out and talk about their contracts, but three superstars. And so I don't think that this is a a situation of the National Football League doing something actively wrong to sabotage themselves. Yeah. I think what I look at is the genius of the NBA and realize that this machine just keeps getting stronger and stronger. The first thought I had when these these NBA bombshells come out this week and it's I don't know if the Kyrie one was planned. That just feels like it's just a string of Kyrie. Kyrie does this once every six months, and maybe it's just a coincidence. The Anthony Davis stuff feels very planned, and the Porzingis thing seems very planned. Like you think Adam Silver is like Vince McMahon behind the behind the scenes pulling strings on storylines? You have no idea how great of a segue that is because <laughs> the first thing I thought of was you guys. Judd's not a wrestling fan. Jonathan goes back in the late nineties, mm-hmm. like nineteen ninety eight. That was that was. My heyday of wrestling. Okay. That's my the Attitude Era. Yeah, right? buddy. Yeah. And WCW was king for three years. Mm-hmm. WCW, well, they were on top every Monday for like, was it 83 or 86 weeks? There's yeah. a podcast about this. And during that time period, the WWE was trying, they were trying to usurp WCW and get on top in the ratings. And so they would infiltrate WCW events. They would, on, on Monday Night Raw for WWE, they would send Triple H and you know Road Dog and Billy Gunn. They and they would record these dudes literally banging on the door of the car entrance, like the private entrance of of an arena that the WCW was. It was like we're here, we're ready to roll, and it was this sort of guerrilla marketing. And I almost feel like the NBA can sense. We did. We went over the Instagram numbers last week. The NBA triples the NFL in Instagram numbers. The NBA's ratings. I know they're down this year in the regular season, but. Finals ratings have been fantastic. The NBA keeps gaining momentum as a mm-hmm. popular sport, especially among young fans. 
And I almost feel like the NBA senses, man, the NFL's been king for 20 years, and we're on to something here. We've we've captured people's attention 12 months out of the year, just like they have. Let's go to their biggest event, the biggest sporting yes. event in the world, yep. at least the week of it, and let's drop big headlines, and let's steal from them. Let's stare them in the eye and say, no, we've got rumors. Forget about our games. We've got rumors. We've got storylines. We've mm-hmm. got drama. And we're here banging on your door. The Porzing- I love it. The Porzingis situation unfolding in one day feels like it was decided that it was going to be on that day a week ago, two weeks back. I mean, it almost, if you really believe that he went in on Thursday, met with the Knicks, the Knicks found out that he didn't like their their direction, which is probably accurate and true, and then traded him to the Mavs hours after that. You're buying a lot there. I feel I feel like the the Davis thing and Porzingis for sure were embargoed in some ways to break this week for sure. You see, and and I, you you said something along those lines yesterday, and and I thought about it. I was thinking about it today, and I'm not saying there's nothing to that theory. It, it makes sense on some level, but if the NBA wanted to to plot that out and wanted and and really wanted to sell that storyline isn't something isn't that something that you think that they'd extend over over a period of time like they're do like with Anthony Davis I mean his his drama started on Monday and there's really no end in sight we don't even know if he'll be traded before this year's trade deadline because he's under contract through next year the Kyrie Irving thing that started and and we there isn't really an an end date to that they got one day out of the Kristaps Porzingis controversy and trade but they're all different though right davis is going to take time to play out porzingis played out instantly Kyrie is going to take some time they're all to phil's point they're all very different storylines but they're disgruntled superstars i wonder how you would organize some of this stuff i mean the, the the trade thing i think is easy all right if you guys are close on a trade submit it to the league and then the league can dictate the pace of when it gets out you know officially by well we got to I mean, they could drag it through any number of different right. loopholes behind right. the scenes, right? So they can kind of dictate the timing of a trade. But I, I, I guess where I wonder on this conspiracy theory front, if if the league is pulling strings even more aggressively than that, I mean, if it's... All right. If it's Adam Silver with LeBron James and any number of parties and Anthony <laughs> Oh, Davis you're going way down this road, huh? Saying, <laughs> okay. the Pelicans are going to be collateral damage here. Feel bad for them, but they don't matter. They're the freaking Pelicans, okay? So the Pe- we're not going to let the Pelicans in on this, but LeBron and Anthony Davis, you guys are going to go get dinner together, and there's going to be some reports floated out to Adrian Wojnarowski at very strategic times. Like so, like the Porzingis thing broke in the middle of ESPN's afternoon show with Rachel Nichols. Right. Come on. Right. That's so strategic. But I wonder, I, I do and, wonder on some level, if like this Anthony Davis stuff could have come out in December. Real rem- didn't the Jimmy Butler thing happen the day Rachel Nichols Correct. was visiting yes. Wolves practice? Well, she, okay. she called him, or he called her and said, get here. And then the next day, conveniently went to practice, blew up, melted down, walked out, drove home, and she was there. The NBA is either lucky enough to have this much drama and they're just riding the wave, or they're playing on a, just a totally different level than these other leagues. Meanwhile, baseball sitting over here, they have the prime opportunity in the next two days to have what? a Bryce Harper signing what come sport? down. Like baseball could have Major League Baseball could have a Bryce Harper contract drop tomorrow and send them to smart. Radio Row. Yeah. Like they could have done it earlier this week. They yeah. Sent Harper and Machado to Radio baseball Row. Baseball is the old guy rocking on his front porch right now. Let, let me tell you, Sonny, back in the day we used to play nine. Yeah. We'd play hard and get dirty. Uh, but that, is something going on? No, not really. I mean, baseball, yeah, to Rami's point, Baseball should have had if they had their ducks in a row, they should, they could have said, all right, let's who's in or not. Let's let's get everyone together here. Like let's let's organize this a little bit more clearly, and let's have it happen early on the week of the Super Bowl. Yeah, so that you can you can infiltrate the news headlines all week long, and instead it'll come out during the second quarter of the Super Bowl to a whimper because <laughs> you know. Oh no no! I bet they said we can't do anything that week. That's football's time. We won't get covered. No. Well, what was their excuse? What was their excuse in uh, December, January? It's all football time, I guess. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to Todd Furman here shortly. But Luke and Hopkins, you're on with Mackie and Judd and Rami. Yeah, I just wanted to uh, thanks for having me on, guys. First of all, I just wanted to uh, kind of pipe in and say uh, I know that the uh, Porzingis trade was probably delayed, just due to the fact that uh, 
Dennis Smith Jr. was involved in the trade, and if you remember back a couple weeks, there was uh, uh, kind of a couple days where he was taking games off for personal reasons, and there was kind of some drama there. I just wanted to see if you, you had, thought that had anything to do with the trade as well. Um, mm, no, I think it was Adam Silver. <laughs> you think he's really pulling strings that directly, I though? I think he's a genius. Yeah, I do. It makes a ton of sense. It's all it too makes, coincidental otherwise. It makes a ton of sense. And and by the way, it's not like it's deceitful. Like these things, it's not like they are causing things to happen that weren't going to. Right. But if you think about this. They're not fixing games. Exactly. Right. But but we we well. <laughs> we live in a soap opera society of young people who love reality TV, right? They've got this all playing out in real time, and it's quick things on Twitter, it's quick things on social. So if you think about it, if you're if you're the commissioner of this league and you're saying, okay, we're really popular, let's grow it. How do you grow it? Basically off the court. Yes. And and now we're not talking about, well, Golden State's going to win another title and I'm sick of them. We're talking about this guy wants to be traded here and this guy's not happy there. And is Kyrie going to become a Nick and is Durant going? And it's great fun. Yeah. Well, what was the knock on the NBA for a long time? There, there was a dead period there in the NBA, especially in that post-Michael Jordan malaise when you had the Nets and the Spurs playing in a finals, Get right? Like a 6.2 rating or like something. The, the biggest yeah. knocks were, well, scoring is down, so there's not enough superstars, scoring is down, and the regular season doesn't mean anything. And they should shorten the regular season, right? Well, that's not going to happen because why would you? Why would owners agree to have or, you know, ticket money come out of their pockets and TV money and all those things? Well, how do you fix the regular season not mattering? You encourage open communication, and you don't. Yeah. You only punish Anthony Davis fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> you punish him a portion of one quarter's game check. If they really didn't want this stuff to get out there, they would have said, "Anthony Davis, you're fined ten million dollars." Right? What they're saying is, I guess we have to fine him because we don't want the stuff just and, to be like. And super privately, free. they're saying, "Anthony, thank you so yeah. much." But you, but you sort of you encourage the free movement of players and the the free voices of players, and you let things play out the way that they play out. You know what they should have done if they really wanted to go full WWE attack on WCW? Dress up Anthony Davis, Kristaps Porzingis, and Kyrie Irving like Degeneration X, <laughs> and send them to Radio Row to crash the NFL's party. That's what you do. Maybe even just send them to the Super Bowl. Just send them to Atlanta and have them streak out on the field in, in the middle of the game. <laughs> Call Silver. That's a great idea. He'd probably be like, I'm all in, Rami. You want to work for the NBA? Am I on to something here? You guys like my halftime, my Super Bowl halftime show idea. Am I on to anything here? No, I think you are. Okay, good. I think you are. Okay. Uh, all right, we uh, we haven't talked to our friend Todd Furman in, in a while. We had a bunch of changes at 1500 ESPN this fall, but we are now Score North on 1500. And, Todd, we've even added a friend to our show. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Hi, Todd. And uh, Todd's been one of our favorite guests for four or five years from the Bet the Board podcast and now on Lock It, Lock it In on Fox Sports 1. What's going on, Todd? Always good catching up, guys. But full disclosure here, I'm uh, violating major traffic regulations in Nevada as I race from the set of Lock It In to CBS HQ. We're doing live remotes from the Westgate. So if I happen to get pulled over talking Super Bowl props with you guys, Mackie, I know with that seven-figure salary, you're more than happy to pay my fine. Dude, I mean, this is amazing. You're, you're squeezing us in between major uh, network appearances here, and we appreciate it. You guys are like family. i got to try and come <laughs> on here and tell you how wrong you are with your Super Bowl pick. <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right, so let's get to the most important thing this Sunday. Is Adam Levine going to wear a hat or no, Todd? <laughs> uh, you know what? If you trust the odds, I think we're going to see him don a hat at least for a portion of the program. Now, will he wear it from beginning to end? That remains to be seen. But I would lay a price that Levine will have a hat on his head at some point. So if I take that bet, does he have to come out with the hat on, Todd? Or is that just a bet where if he puts it on at some point, I win the prop? It all depends on the stipulations, and that's where people can get themselves into trouble when they're betting some of these entertainment options as compared to betting in a legalized jurisdiction like in Nevada or New Jersey that you want to read the fine print. A lot of the ones that I've seen, he just has to have a hat on at one point during the show. And I figure as juiced in as you guys are to the highbrow entertainment community, you guys would know the answer to these things before the halftime show even takes place. <laughs> we have, we have yeah, thanks, of, Furman. Yeah, well, we have tons of inside sources. We're just call, we're just seeing if you know what you're talking about here. Yes, Todd, where, where you know, are you? Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, that's that's what I look for. I mean, I got to try and read between the lines so you guys can move that kind of seven figure sum wherever you want 
without telling anybody, so that's why I got to pick your brains a little bit. Where, where do you see so maybe some hidden money? To me, Super Bowl MVP seems like a place where you could make some some pretty good money. I mean, you look over the years, and there have been some really unlikely Super Bowl MVPs. The one that pops into my mind is Larry Brown, the defensive back of the Cowboys, or Desmond Howard, who got MVP when the Packers won the Super Bowl. I mean, you look at a guy like Rex Burkhead, who's plus 6,600. Uh, 6, Did I read that right? Is that Yeah, that's actually true. Plus 6,600. I wouldn't put it past Rex Burkhead to get in the end zone twice like James White did a couple of years ago and get the MVP. Is that where you could win some of the biggest money, have a good chance of winning some of the biggest money? Well, there's definitely opportunity. If you can identify a dark horse somewhere in the market, there's no doubt about it that long shots exist. But over the course of Super Bowl history, you've seen quarterbacks win the award 29 times. And over the last 10 Super Bowls, I believe, or nine, excuse me, we've seen quarterbacks win seven of those nine with defensive players coming through for Seattle and Denver. Now, all that being said, if you look at New England and you're making a case for the Patriots, we saw it two years ago against Atlanta. James White had 97 catches and 4,000 yards, and they still gave the award to Tom Brady. So the question I have is, what would a player for New England have to do to win the award? Maybe Gronk could do it if he had 120 yards receiving and two touchdowns, and they thought he was going to retire. But it feels like a New England win is synonymous with Tom Brady doing it. Now, the Rams on the other side, you can pick a number of players, whether it's Todd Gurley bouncing back from his performance against the Saints, whether it's Jared Goff having a big day there. I don't think Goff has to win the award for them to win the game. And with all the talk about Aaron Donald being that defensive player, books have said that he's the number one liability they have from recreational betters. I think Indomitian and Sue at 75-1 to could be a sneaky choice because if the Patriots are going to double Donald, we saw Sue start to go off, and he's got the potential to be the real disruptor on the defensive line. If there is one prop bet that intrigues you about this game, what would that one be, Todd Furman? Well, one that I actually bet, I think it's a little bit underpriced, is Todd Gurley to score a touchdown at only minus $1.40, meaning you have to put up $1.40 to make a dollar. Gurley has scored touchdowns in 14 of the 16 games he played in. Even with only four carries against the Saints, they still gave him the ball in a goal-to-go situation. So I think Gurley gets in the end zone. Now, if we're talking a little bit more exotic, Tom Brady is 2-1 to one at betonline.ag to throw for more passing yards than the total worth of Bryce Harper's contract when he ultimately signs somewhere over the next six months, assuming he's going to play this year. And for me, <laughs> I think Brady can throw for around 300. I'm not sure Bryce is going to get anything more than $250 million. Yeah. Hey, this is, this is a little bit off of a uh, game day topic, but are there odds out there right now on like the future of Bill Belichick and or Tom Brady? And if there aren't, what are your thoughts on how this game might sway their their careers here and, and their timelines. There were initially odds on Tom Brady, but sports books are, aren't stupid. So they hung odds and said basically that Brady had to retire during the postgame press conference for you to be able to win your bet. Earlier this season, Brady was listed as about a minus 250 favorite to be the starting quarterback for New England game one of the 2019 hmm. season. Belichick is a little bit of a different story. Um, I've said also season long that if the Patriots flamed out early, Belichick would try and grab a job and maybe resurrect another franchise. I think that these two know that they're staring down the barrel of history. Even if they win on Sunday, I believe they'll come back for maybe one or two more years. Why do you think the line has moved towards the Patriots since the the championship game ended on, on Sunday night? Public perception is such a powerful tool, and the Rams, the way they beat the Saints, left such a bad taste in people's mouths. You look at New England, this will be the ninth time they're playing in the Super Bowl since 2001. And what's crazy about it is recreational bettors wanted no part of New England against the Chargers. They wanted no part of New England winning on the road at Arrowhead. Now all of a sudden they want to jump on the Patriots bandwagon, and they're buying stock at the top of the market. Professional bettors are going to have a little bit of an appetite for the Rams. They'll wait this thing out to three. Books have taken about three out of every four tickets through early wagering coming in on New England, and that explains why we've seen the Rams go from a one-point favorite to a two-and-a-half-point underdog. And while on the surface, the three-and-a-half-point move, until it gets to a full field goal, that would be the first key number that comes into play. Uh, hey, real quick, Todd Furman, uh, another minute or two. We know that you're driving and uh, you're, you're a busy man. You guys have a prop and sheet. Speeding. On, and speeding, yeah. probably, mm-hmm. d- doing illegal things. Well, you safe, you guys know. have a prop I, sheet I, on your I, website? I, Guys, I live in Las Vegas. I've been doing illegal things for the last 12 years. <laughs> what I can sweep under the rug. Uh, we do indeed have a prop sheet. Encourage everybody to go check that out, download it. It's very user-friendly with a, obviously a football focus, but plenty of entertainment options. Should you have uh, party goers that don't know football inside and out, 
We even threw a cross-sport prop or two on there if you want to watch some basketball and have interest in the Thunders game against the Celtics earlier in the day. Nice. Um, all right, I, I have another. I love some. I'm actually going to the prop sheet right now on your website, and I love this is another non-game related one, but Giselle Bundchen shows up in your prop sheet over or under shown 1.5 times during the game. Do you have any data points for this from previous Super Bowls in terms of like celebrity wives being shown? Like how much research do you have on this? I do not have an extensive database for how often supermodel spouses are shown uh, during the course of the telecast. Well, that would be one hell of a research project if I decided to ever hire an intern to tell him or her to go back and try and research that a bit. I think this prop, as ridiculous as it's going to sound when you have to handicap it, is do you believe the Patriots are going to win the game? If you think they're going to win, I could see a scenario in the fourth quarter where they pan to Giselle maybe multiple times. You get a shot early compared to late, whereas I don't think she'll show up on camera at all if the Rams are able to control this game from start to finish. Todd, when is the last time that you placed a bet on a college hockey game? Because I love you. I had to ask. the last. I think the last time I talked to you, you were actually giving us college hockey odds. When's the last <laughs> time that you went derelict enough to place a bet on a college hockey game? It's been quite a bit of time, but normally the best time, and now you really are going to laugh, to bet college hockey is when you have all those holiday tournaments right around Christmas and we know the elite players go off to join their countries at the World Juniors. Odds makers don't pay enough attention to those numbers. So if you know an entire line is going to be out for the likes of the U or Notre Dame or any of the other powerhouses out there, you can take full advantage and save yourself about 50 to 60 cents on the dollar and beat the bookie up pretty good there. All right, final thing here, because we didn't, we didn't... That is great advice. This, this is why I love the wow. guy. He's the greatest. We didn't catch up with you much during the season. What is the most uh, D-Gen moment you had during uh, the past <laughs> three or four months? And it, Not even just football, any sport. I'm trying to think. Uh, I mean, I was heavily invested earlier this morning in the Asian Cup between Qatar and Japan. Uh, bet the first half under a half a goal. They scored in the 12th minute. I could rip that ticket up. Uh. I got out of bed to watch that garbage, too. But, see, degenerate <laughs> moments carry such a negative connotation. I like to look at everything in the gambling world as an investment opportunity. So, you know what? I don't really see a, I have any degenerate, life, any degenerate moments. I just call it the Todd Furman lifestyle. Since we're down this road, I have a degenerate friend back in Milwaukee who... <laughs> swears, <laughs> swears that Russian hockey is the sport to bet on. Do you know if there's anything to that KHL. whatsoever? There is a major market. The KHL continues to grow and expand. The one thing you have to keep in mind, you're betting uh, a lot of the European leagues, they don't include overtime in the betting lines. You have to pay careful attention because mm. there's nothing worse than you sweating out a game between Dynamo Locomotive and a team in Moscow, hoping that you're going to get that equalizer and o- or the go-ahead goal in overtime and yet your bat ends up in a push. This is why you're my favorite, Furman. This is why I love you. Nobody knows hockey like you know hockey. Guys, guys, I do what I can. It's not much, but I do what I can. You're insane. Give you the floor for a few minutes. Hey, go go <laughs> check it out. It's the Bet the Board podcast. You can find Bet the Board podcast. Just type it into any social media uh, search or any uh, any of your Google or Bing, whatever, whatever the hell you use, and you'll find it. You can buy a T-shirt, too. It's all, it's all good. Todd, enjoy your weekend, man. Always a pleasure. Hey, one last shameless plug. Anybody yeah. who hasn't decided on all their profits, Sunday morning, if you're sick of the traditional pregame coverage you're going to get on the major networks, flip over to CBSSports.com and CBS Sports HQ. We're doing six hours of live pregaming, all gambling-focused, live from the West Skate Superbook. So check that out. We'll help get you to the window as best we can. Awesome, man. See you, Todd. Drive Always carefully. All right, Todd, Todd Furman, just driving around in Vegas. It doesn't sound like he will. <laughs> don't. Oh, the World Junior stuff is great. He's right about that. I didn't even think about that. Man, he it's hilarious because we'll ask him these questions, and no, he 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 has a handicap like logical thought on everything. On Giselle Bunchen, yeah. How many times she'll yeah. be on? Oh TV. my god, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, we so we started having him on our show as our picks correspondent like four or five five years ago. Shortly after we started the show, yeah. So probably five five years ago, and I don't know, he's. He had 10,000 Twitter followers, or he's up over 100,000 Twitter followers, all because of us, by the way. Of oh, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We got him first. Got the break. Mackie and Judd bump. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's it's awesome seeing him. Kind of, He's on Fox Sports 1. He was the odds maker at Caesars Palace for six or seven years back really? in the pre-media days. That's big so, time. So, uh, yeah, KHL hockey, Rami. KHL. I didn't, Start believe, I didn't believe my buddy when he told me, but I guess he is a true degenerate. I guess that's what we just found out. Yes. Uh, write that down. Predictions coming up shortly at the top of the hour. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami from the TCL Broadcast. Coach, uh, WAF Boston. It's a kind of a unique question um, with Great. the social media. Uh, could I come up there and take a selfie with you, Coach? 
Would that be okay? Yeah. Yeah, we'll get that later, all right? Is it maybe if I just got in front of the podium and you waved? Next question. Next question. <laughs> yeah, next was, question. What was the clip? I saw Rami retweet something where Bill Belichick was asked, it was about, would he ever write a book? Yeah. And, and he cracked it. He waited 10 seconds, but he cracked a joke. Well, he cracked what he thought was a joke. He went, well, would you read it? And then laughed at himself. Kind of yeah. Yeah. But at least he thought something was funny, even if it was his own. It was sort of. It was sort of amusing. A little like, bit. The guy I mean, asked him, great, you know, but... "Would you ever uh, write a book about your, you know, your, just your career and what, all the knowledge that you have?" And he goes, "You know, he gives the standard Bill Belichick answer. I just we're focused on the beating the Rams and uh, all that other stuff can wait until later." And then it's pause, <laughs> and then the next guy starts to ask his question, and Belichick is is still just kind of, you know, looking out the podium. And mid question of the next guy, he goes. Why would you read it? (laughs) (laughs) Did you guys see Tom Brady being uh, serenaded by a guy with a ukulele? I did. At a press conference? Oh, my God. Yes, I saw that yesterday. I love this stuff, Who who was that guy? I have no idea. He he had to be from some sort of foreign media outlet. Had a real, real thick accent. It must be really... So, really, this is all entertainment, right? Everything, Everything... Like, what we do is kind of just... These are really interestingly... Like these jobs we have, we sit and talk about sports, right. right? And when you play sports, it's all kind of it's all entertainment, and it's all kind of a, a big inside joke, right? But and the the circus that surrounds the Super Bowl and everything. But if you're actually inside the game itself, for you to thrive and excel and win and get paid millions, you have to take it super seriously, right? So there's this crazy. Dissonance between Brady, Brady seemed to genuinely enjoy the the ukulele serenader though he didn't he 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 was smiling through the whole thing thanked yeah. him when he was done and I this mean, is what his eighth one though he didn't seem annoyed by it at all I think that the key to is is the majority of the important preparation for this game was done last week by both teams so I think once you get to this week you chalk it up to okay we're gonna practice and do some stuff here but for for the most part it's going to be a a freak show essentially and you know that going in i think it'd be very different if you played immediately and then you actually had to go to the city and practice but because you've practiced and you've gotten your prep in i think it's like okay now we'll go to the press conferences so uh we have audio here how would you set this up this this rap this rap audio we have um if you horrifically bad if you don't already Terrible. hate saints fans you will now <laughs> is that a good way is, yeah, that, a good, is it. that a good way to set it up all right oh it's bad <laughs> so a group of saints fans made this saints got robbed and we want to rematch oh god 10 and 3 we were coming for that second ring I've got a music video for this too. No, they don't. It's yeah, it's a music video. That's actually not a bad. That's a great line. <laughs> Full disclosure, I don't hate this yet. Oh, I like wow. You'll hate it if you're seeing the music video that I'm seeing with it. It's so bad. I hate the hook. I hate the hook more than anything, but the the guy actually rapping, the, he had he had some strong lines there. Yeah, he did. I got bad news, Rami. Yes, and this is not to disparage the dead because I'm not trying to. And, right. and Prince w- was a genius. Uh huh. But Phil, do you recall in 2009 Prince did that Viking song? Yes, and it was worse. It was, it was worse than that. It was terrible, and people felt bad because it's Prince, and right. so they, they didn't want to just crap on him. It was worse but than it that. Was really, really bad. He also yeah. did Bat Dance for the for the Batman sequel. He did Bat Dance. Okay, so, I'm unaware hmm. of that. I mean, Prince was not without without his duds. But He's his a musical genius. But he was but, a Vikings fan, and he tried yeah. to do this song, and we were all like, "Oh, cool, it'll be Prince." And I listened to it. And I'm like, "Oh my goodness!" By the garbage. way, I was looking for like things to do in Minneapolis to try and get to know the city. I had no idea, and I might go do it this weekend. You can tour Paisley Park. Oh yeah, you can go and tour Prince's yeah. Paisley Park compound. Oh for sure. Yes. Yeah, they'll they're not afraid to uh, make a couple bucks off the back of. Off the back of the deceased. Yeah. Yeah. I really might go do that this weekend. It's our own Graceland, basically. Like the Elvis says Graceland. And that, have you guys ever toured Graceland? No. I've never been been there. I was there 20 years ago as a kid, but it was trippy. You walk in and it was unchanged, basically, from the 50s and the 60s. Yeah. He has a, so he was way ahead of his time. 
You know, now the man the man cave multiple TV setup is pretty prominent among right. people. Yeah. He had like he had a man cave. It's a wall of probably six or eight box TVs. <laughs> yeah. Like those little 20, 20 inch box TVs. Cool. Just all in a row. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. That's so you could watch all the and I, and we asked the tour guy, "Well, why does he have all those TVs back in the day?" So he can watch football on Sundays, but but there wasn't like it wasn't like there the was, NFL Sunday ticket. Right. No, yeah. old school satellite. Did. Old school satellite, the greatest thing ever. In the 60s? No, the 70s though. Okay. It, it came along in the old dishes, the big birds, those were the greatest invention and nothing was blacked out. So he probably had that. That's what he had and he probably had more than one of those. It was the greatest invention And he ever. probably had somebody who ran the remote control for him. Absolutely. he was Elvis. <laughs> he had a remote control guy, a peanut butter and banana sandwiches guy, all that. We came into this segment planning to crap on that Saints song. Could we, could we listen to that first, that first verse on, one more time before we go into the break? Because I got to say, that guy had... Some money lines there in that in that first verse. The the chorus, the hook is terrible. It's awful. It's it's one of the worst things that's ever happened to music. Mm. But that first verse, I, it's it's kind of good. Yeah. Am I crazy to say it's kind of good? You saw my facial expression change during the had the Rams gra- by the horns. by the horns line. Yeah. Here you go. Saints got robbed and we want a rematch. Ten and three, we were coming for that second ring. Super Bowl dream shattered by your referee. A call blindfolded Sandra Bullock could have seen. Wow. We had the Rams by That's the a great line, too. That's the Sandra Bullock line. Yeah, what the hell are you doing? How much more of the NFL could you possibly ruin? There's a That's foul good. play, That's and I'm ready to call it. Refs line in their pockets when Kamish opens his wallet. See, that's, I mean, that is a that, reckless accusation. Do we know who this guy is? This though? is not bad. I'm sorry. It's not bad. <laughs> it's a group of fans. I'm going to send you guys this music okay, video, and then you can the lyrics, change your opinion on this terrible song. Robbie's right. The lyrics are not bad. So this is just some fan. This isn't. This isn't. It's some, a group of them. This yeah. isn't a rapper from New Orleans. This isn't somebody anybody would know. This is just some dude. The lyrics as far as good. I know, it's just some some rando. I mean, that wasn't bad, dude. Things got robbed. Uh, we have predictions, and we have predictions gone wrong that we will hold each other accountable for. When we come back, it's Write That Down on Mackie and Judd with Rami. It's the all-new Score North on 1500, and you'll be able to find this next segment streaming live, or if you're listening to this on demand, you oh, can find it myself up. on demand. Yeah, put your put your hair up. Where's our makeup Seven? guy? Not me. Makeup guy's off on Fridays. My burglar hat's going nowhere. <laughs> no matter what you tweet me. We will magically be on all kinds of platforms. Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, even Twitch, all at Score North next.